Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. So, this is my one hour with you each weekday. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call me with your investing and money related questions during this hour. And I always encourage you to do it sooner rather than later. Now, if you, there's no requirement that you do call, but we can shape the show to your liking if you do and help you, maybe in more particular, reach your particular version of financial freedom, which is our goal each and every day on Invest Talk. And we do that with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We're not the CNBCs of the world. I'm not Jim Cramer, thank God. And we try to share along or bring you along with our success uh, every day, each and every weekday on Invest Talk. Now, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move you incrementally along and, and, and really get you to fill the gaps in your knowledge. And that, we all have gaps in knowledge uh, across a lot of different topics. I know I do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not that great at science, but you know, my girlfriend's a doctor, so she's definitely helped me fill in a lot of those gaps, right? So our goal here is to help fill in those little gaps each and every weekday, okay? Now, our anytime listener line is open right now, and I'm taking your calls live at 888 chart That's 888-992-4278. Now, on today's Invest Talk, my main point of concern is an article says one in four young people dip into 401ks to pay off debt, and this is a real problem. We're going to talk about why that is, and also give you an answer of why that's happening. Because I think that's even more interesting. We all know you probably shouldn't dip in your 401k, but I'm going to tell you why that is and also why that is happening as well. I also have some other things on my mind. One is the, you know, we had this, I don't like to talk about Tesla or Elon too much on the show. I think anybody who's listened for any length of time will understand or know my, my viewpoint, but Yesterday's, what do you call it, uh, Investor Autonomy Day, whatever that means, really really rubs me a certain way. And I want to talk a little bit about it and how it should just wake everybody up to the charlatan that he is. So we're going to talk about that. Also, everybody wants to know, do I have enough savings? Am I a Above average, uh, when it comes to my journey to financial freedom, how much have I saved in relation to other people around my age? And what are some good guideposts to figure out whether I'm on track or or not? And we're going to get to that as well. 
And then lastly, if we have time, taxes, tax returns. Uh, we, we almost everybody just filed taxes somewhere from maybe a week ago to a month or two ago, uh, 2018. And it was the first year, first full year under the new tax regime uh, after the tax plan that was passed at the end of 2017. So we're going to talk about some lessons from that and what you can take from it going forward to maybe lessen your tax impact for 2019. So those are the things that are on my mind. That's what I want to talk about with you today. But ultimately, what I want to talk about doesn't matter at all. It's about what is on your mind. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, we obviously had some good earnings reports from the likes of Twitter. Shockingly, that's one of my favorite social media platforms out there. Um, the market closed, it depends on which index you're talking about, but S&P, the NASDAQ, closed at new all-time highs. Now, they didn't, uh, the S&P at least, I know, didn't reach didn't go, surpass the highs from September of last year, but from a, on a closing basis, we we hit new all-time highs, which you know in some ways shocks me, in some ways doesn't. Um, technically, we've retraced the the break of the downtrend line, so that's not a shock. Uh, the Fed pivoting dovishly certainly was going to give some sort of positive momentum to the markets. It came. Pretty far, pretty fast. After you know a tough 2018, you know 2018 was one of the worst markets for equities in pretty much the last decade uh, since the financial crisis. So the fact that we've had the snapback rally is not entirely surprising, to be honest with you. Now, three quarters of companies in the S&P 500 that have reported this week have beat analyst expectations. So that's a positive. And that's what you're seeing is most analysts on average are expecting earnings to fall in the first quarter. And I believe it's still expected to once everyone reports, but that fall is now expected to be less after many companies beat pretty downbeat guidance. Okay. So I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked because, you know, Fed money printing, loose capital, loose uh, lending standards tends to create a lot of economic activity and economic excess. Now, crude oil hit a new 52-week high today, $66.30 a barrel. That's the highest since November. That means gasoline prices are also likely to increase as well. And this is likely to feed into inflation as well right because gasoline oil goes into so much that we use and produce and or, yeah, use and produce you know when you think of uh, the plastics that we use and so many goods and service or goods today so this is going to feed into inflation so that's something to consider as well now one of the largest brick and mortar retailers recently or, or announced a partnership with Amazon where now you can return Amazon products to Kohl's stores, which really pushed uh, Kohl's up today. Let's see what it was. Yeah, it was up uh, was it 8% or so, 
something like that, 12%. Just on that news, just shows the power of Amazon. Now, hopefully, they're hoping that people come into Kohl's, return their products, get their refund, but also impulse buy, impulse buy uh, at their stores as well. Because foot traffic in an era where a lot of people aren't given foot traffic, right? More click traffic than anything else. This is one way that they're fighting the online sales trend. And this is something a lot of brick and mortar retailers are going to have to do. Maybe not partner with Amazon, but at least partner with other online uh, stores that have a presence, that have a customer base, and you can share customer uh, customer wallet share, I guess you, should, you would say. So not a bad strategy from Kohl's, but just goes to show you how competitive the retail landscape is, even though the economy is still on relatively good footing. Now, as you can tell, there's a lot of interesting market news to talk about today. But first, let's grab a question from our anytime listener line. As always, it is 888 chart Hello, Stephen Justin. I have a question for you guys. I'm coming from Dallas, Texas, and I'm currently working on buying my first house. Unfortunately, I don't have the full amount for the closing and the down payment. I'll be getting money from my IRA, and my question for you is how can I get around the penalty fee? I heard before in the show that there is some kind of law that kind of protects that I don't have to pay the penalty if that money is applied towards the first home. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll wait for your answer on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, there are rules around that where you can use IRA money for first-time home buyers to put down on a home. Uh, that's more of a CPA question on how you make sure that that qualifies for it. Um, you know, I don't know the spe- specifics around it, um, but it's, you certainly can do that. So that's uh, that's something, and I recommend this for everybody. If you are doing some sort of big financial transaction that's out of the norm, for your 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 financial life, your tax life, hire a CPA. Even if you don't want to do it for ever, you don't want to have to pay a CPA every single year. It's important to understand the tax impacts that they're that's going to have on you this year and going forward. And only a qualified CPA who really understands the current tax law. Remember, we had a, we just talked about it. The tax law was passed in late 2017 for 2018 going forward, and it's changed. If you listen to yesterday's show, talking about the deduction, standard deduction versus uh, the limits on mortgage interest reduction, it's, uh, deduction, etc., these things change. You know, that's why we always say when people call in about tax questions, I we know the basics, we know some some, some standard things, but it's changing all the time, and you really need to have a qualified professional to pass these ideas over and help understand what that full impact is going to be for your situation in particular because you might be doing the exact same thing as somebody else but guess what they might make more money than you they might be married they might have kids they might have buying a bigger uh, price property which could affect the way the the tax treatment is so always, always talk to a CPA. I encourage everyone. It, it is well worth it if you find a good CPA out there. So do your research. 
You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want to thank you for making this program a part of your routine. Steve and I do our best to make it interesting and instructive for you each and every weekday. And whenever you have an investment question, I strongly encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, and rate the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart This is Invest Talk, and we are powering through April. There are just a few trading days remaining in the month, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, Justin Klein is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Michael from New Jersey. I have a question about company GBCD, Gold Business Development Company, GBDC, sorry. I wanted to establish position for the long run for dividends. Would you please tell me about the cons and pros? Thanks. Bye. All right. This is Golub Capital BDC Inc. And this is a business development company. There are a lot of these out there. Uh, they tend to pay a high dividend. This one pays about a yields about 7%. And what these companies do, they invest in small and medium-sized businesses and usually at above average rates of return. You know, these businesses typically can't get loans from your standard banks. So they reach out and they get financing uh, for, could be for inventory, it could be for just general purpose for the whole company, could be a lot of different purposes that the, uh, the corporation needs this money. And they're getting it from these business development corporations. And they tend to try to diversify uh, their, their book of uh, book of companies they've invested in. Sometimes they take an equity stake in this business as well. Uh, so, and naturally, they tend to be very, very cyclical. Now, this one yields seven percent. Its pay ratio is ninety-one percent. Cash dividend pay ratio though is sixty negative sixty-four percent. Excuse me. So they're paying out more than they're earning, well more than they're earning. Their cash from operations is negative. Cash from financing is positive, which is expected, right? It's a, it's a, it's a finance company, so their finance activities are gonna drive their business. So this is a good example of how you need to analyze a company a little bit different. Um, you know, I don't love it simply because it's late in the cycle. Um, and understand that that 7% is not going to be safe. It's going to be up and down all over the place. And so I would not be investing in this if I was looking for a safe investment. Okay. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, 
888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have uh, about a half hour left, but it's going to go by fast, so get your call in now. Now, our main talking point is about the fact that there's about one in four young people are dipping into their 4K off debt. And this is a report by Lynch and Age Wave, which surveyed over 2,700 Americans aged 18 to 35. And they found 25% have made an early withdrawal from their 401k. And the main reason, too much credit card debt. Just under a third of respondents who rated their 401k said that they took money out for their four credit card balances. 16% said it was towards student loans. So there could be a lot of reasons why you need the money, all right? It could be to buy a house, uh, but too many people are certainly extracting money from their 401ks when they really shouldn't be. Now, what's the big catch? Well, first off, you're going to pay a penalty, but it's also going to be taxable income to you. Now, even if you take a loan from your 401k, you're paying that back, and instead of having that deduction from your taxable income every year, all that money that's going paying back that loan means that nothing is taking off your adjusted gross income to reduce your tax bill for the current year. So you're really giving a lot more money to Uncle Sam, mainly, right? So that's number one. Number two is, it's reducing your amount that you can compound, the earnings you can compound, the, the, the dividends you can compound over time. We all know the power of compounding. We've all seen the schedules and the fact that, you know, what, if you double a penny for uh, 30 days, how much money it is. We've all seen that, the power of compounding. So the sooner you save and leave it in there to earn and compound, the better. And when you start rating that early, you start taking away that strong ability to compound your your savings. Now, the median amount of loan debt millennials carry was 19,000 according to this survey. That's significantly higher than Gen Xers, which is 12,800. Now, the main reason it's driving higher levels of debt, especially among young people, obviously student loans is one, but middle class life is now 30% more expensive than it was just a couple decades ago. In fact, the average paycheck has the same purchasing power today that it did 40 years ago, according to a Pew Research report. When adjusted for inflation, the average hourly earnings peaked more than 45 years ago. So an hourly wage of $4.03 in 1973 had the same purchasing power as $23.68 last year. Younger adults, 8 and 10, say it's hard to become financially independent. That's more than the previous generation. Baby boomers agree. They think 70% of baby boomers think it's hard to become financially independent. So this is really a purchasing power story. This is an earning story. And it's a middle class story that over the past 30, 40 years, the middle class has gotten nowhere. And I'm going to ask you, what is that main change 
that has happened to our country over the past 30 to 40 years. And I'm going to argue that it was the removal of the gold standard in the early 70s, and which gave free reign to the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates, inflate asset prices, which help the wealthy, at the expense of those who are lower and middle class. That's my explanation. You might have another one. But I think it's a great point to understand where this increasing level of debt is coming from. And don't be the one to raid your 401k too early. Try to live within your means. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's talk a little bit about Netflix. Netflix had slower growth. Uh, in the the last quarter, and it's expected even slower growth in quarter two. Why? Well, as of today, Netflix does not yet have serious broad-based competition from one single player, but there's a big battle that's shaping up. And starting later this year with Disney, they're going to have strong competition. Disney has announced there there's going to be a monthly subscriber price point of 6.99 per month which is much lower than Netflix. Now, Netflix or Disney's a little different. It's, it includes commercials where Netflix does not, but it's cheaper and their catalog of content is much much stronger. So this is a big battleground uh, and Apple's getting in the game, uh, AT&T, HBO, Hulu, they're all going to be a big player in this space and it's something that if you are investing in the content companies out there, you have to understand who has their strengths and weaknesses. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, 45 Amazon analysts are bullish on the stock. Should that worry investors? Hint, an old Wall Street adage teaches yes. That story tomorrow, but for now I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions right now at 888 chart The time is now, and if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. This is InvestTalk. Your decision-making process can benefit from practical and unbiased advice. If you consult with Steve or Justin. And on May 1st, Steve Peasley will be in San Jose to offer complimentary portfolio review consultations. So don't miss this opportunity. Register now at investtalk.com.
Let's go to Ed in Oakland. He's looking at Teladoc, correct? Yes, I'm trying to see uh, what you think, think about it. I picked up a few stocks when it was about 49, looking long-term for okay. it. Okay. So this is Teladoc Health. They provide an on-demand healthcare services with over 3,000 board-certified physicians. And this is certainly a, a more of a secular trend play, which I like. The fact that the cost of healthcare, the limited number of doctors that are out there, it's very hard many times to get in front of a qualified physician uh, that you need for your particular illness or condition or whatever, right? So using technology, you can now connect with doctors all around the world. And Teladoc has a system for that. Um, and this is a name that whose revenue growth continues to impress, even though it slowed about a year ago, revenue is growing over 100%. Now, last couple quarters around 60%. It's still losing money, which is my biggest qualm about it. And the big question is, when will they hit some level of profitability? And I like to look at cash flows for that, right? So cash from operations, trailing 12 months is now negative 4.8 million, which is a drastic improvement from where we were in 2016 of negative 58 million. So they've reduced their, their their negative cash flow by about 90% and they're probably, it looks like, at least to on track to be cash flow neutral starting this year, which is a big, big positive in my mind. So I like that fact. Um, you're, you're going to see a lot of volatility. It's a, it's beta is 2.16, right? So it's over twice as volatile as the overall market, which is going to be something you have to live with, right? Uh, you bought it at 50, it's now at 54. So you're up about 10% or so. Uh, not bad. Uh, long-term, I like it. I like that that secular play. Now, is it going to be the big winner? I don't know enough about the company to say, oh, it's going to be the biggest winner. Do you know much about Teladoc besides just the numbers in the chart? Uh, no, not really. Just going by the chart. Okay. Well, if I'm looking at the chart, which I'll pull up as well, and if you're on the YouTube live stream, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll show this to you. And technically, you know, it's, it's come from 88, hit a low on uh, Christmas Eve of around 42. So pulled back by about 50%, made a higher low, which I like, just a few days ago. Uh, and it looks, it looks pretty good. Um, I could see this recovering uh, pretty nicely as long as there's a continuation of this story that they will get to cash flow neutral this year. Um, and just overall, you're going to need a long-term time horizon on this. So um, I like it, but you need to have a very strong stomach because this is a name that, you know, if the market pulls back, you, you get a triple top in the overall indexes here. Uh, this is a name that could go into the 30s, and you need to have the stomach for that. And what I would do is put on your research hat and figure out, are they the best in class? Are they the best for being a teledoc service, uh, as their name uh, implies? That's what I would be doing right now. But technically, fundamentally, it's on the right track, and so I like what you're looking at, Ed. Let's go to Bob in Sacramento. He's looking at J-O. Is this the coffee ETF? It is. Yeah, I bought um, about $4,500 worth of it, and I was hoping to hold on to it for a year. 
And I was just wondering, is there okay. any negativity about holding an ETF for a year? I mean, does it cost you out of your... As, as long or? as it's not leveraged in any way. Uh, you know, this isn't. This is an ETF corresponding to the performance of the Bloomberg Coffee sub-index total return. I'm not sure what the carrying cost is on this, um, but... You know, as long as it's not leveraged, uh, I'm not too worried about that. You know, as, as if your thesis plays out, then you know any minor carrying costs are, are going to be negligible. It's really about all about your thesis. Why do you like coffee here? What what makes you say I want to own coffee? Well, um, first Charles Menner likes coffee, and okay. it's at fourteen point uh, fourteen and a half year low, and I've been okay. following him a little bit. You know. He loves it, so. Well, so you're looking at it from more of a cycle perspective and a technical perspective. And, you know, in general, yeah. I like I like commodities. Um, I don't know enough about the supply-demand dynamics of coffee. We typically don't play in the, this space. There's not a big we, – we, we like to buy companies that earn – above average profits, right? So you would have we would have to do a lot of research for really not a lot of payoff because there's not a lot of just straight up coffee producers that are out there in the marketplace. Um, but from a cycle perspective, from a technical perspective, uh, you know, I don't know enough about it to really give you a, a whole lot except for JO has had a lot of big spikes in volume over the past month or so. And typically, when you're in a long downtrend like coffee has been, and you see big spikes in volume, that often precedes a trend change in the MACD. You have some nice divergence as well. So technically, you know, I'm going to say it looks decent. There's nothing that I can really tie my, you know, my my, uh, my lasso to and say this is really giving me a strong indication. Uh, but over the past month, it's about as strong as indication of a turn. As I'm looking over the past couple of years at the chart, so uh, if you're if you're lining up a couple of factors, it's not a bad bet. But I would keep a tight stop on the low from just a few days ago, about four day, trading days ago on JO. If it closes below that, I would be out. But you can write it from here. Okay, I thank you so okay. much. Thank. Hey, no problem, Bob. Thanks for calling. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and you've heard me say it many a times. And there are really only two main emotions when it comes to investing. That's fear and greed. So let's focus on fear for a moment. And investors experience fear when they are unsure of the risks that are involved with their portfolio. And of course, there are many factors to consider when you're looking at risk. Risk isn't one thing. It can be many factors that go into the amount of risk you're taking in a portfolio. And my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. It'll give you a risk score, 1 to 99, kind of like a speed limit, right? The higher the number, the more comfortable you are with risk. Just like when you're driving, the higher speed speeds you drive, typically the more comfortable you are on the road and, and the more risk you're willing to take. And what typically Steve and I do, we'll cross-reference that number with your current portfolio holdings, figure out whether you are invested properly for your particular level of risk tolerance. And we can help you develop a strategy that works best for you.
Now, our show is well underway, and we are taking your questions live right now. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, I don't love to talk too much about Tesla. We got a call yesterday, whether you should own Tesla or not. And if you listen to the show for any length of time, you'll know I'm not a big fan of Elon uh, because simply I know I've seen what it takes to run a good company. And it's even harder to run a very competitive uh, company within a very competitive space like the automobile industry. And yesterday, Elon uh, put on the, what is it, Tesla Investor Autonomy Day, whatever whatever that even means. But basically, they announced that they're, they, they, they think they have the best uh, chip, they developed a chip uh, to compete with NVIDIA in order to advance self-driving cars, all right? And he took a swipe at a lot of the semiconductor companies and said that his own engineers have created the best technology in the industry, the best chips in the world. And Bloomberg had a really has a really good article on this, and it fact checks all the things Elon says because guess what? Anything Elon says, you have to fact check because nine out of ten uh, are are pretty pretty terrible lies or, or at least misleading statements. I'll start off with one that happened today, just about an hour ago. This is what he tweeted. Reality is Tesla, like most electric cars, is over 500% less likely to catch fire than combustion engine cars, which carry massive amounts of highly flammable fuel. Why is that ever mentioned? First off, nothing can be 500% less than anything. It's that simple. It's math, right? You can be 20% less likely, 50% less likely. You can be 100% like, less likely if it's zero versus a higher number, right? But nothing, this is math, people. If every, if anybody finished second grade math, you'll know that nothing can be 100% less than anything. Doesn't make sense. So when people trust this man with their lives when they're uh, using autopilot and they're uh, you know, they think that this is like this some genius. No, he's he's what Kramer recently uh, called was P.T. Barnum. He's P.T. Barnum of our time. He's a circus. He's a he's a ringleader of this mantra of oh, we're going to save the world with electric cars and and solar power. And while I fully support uh you know. 
green initiatives, green energy, reducing particles in the air and greenhouse gases, etc. He's doing it on the backs of lies and raising capital based on false promises. Um, and this uh, Bloomberg article really tears down a lot of the things he said yesterday. What he said is, their computer system is capable of 144 tops, which is, which is trillion operations per second, and said, well, NVIDIA can only do 21 tops. So you're looking at it and say, well, that's seven times more powerful. But NVIDIA's analysts are basically saying, you're comparing apples to oranges. If you compare the NVIDIA's full chipset, which is basically what Tesla is, is looking at, theirs is 320 tops. So over double the amount of operations per second than what Tesla is claiming. So one example of how Elon just simply likes to bend the truth to make a thing look great, but in reality, it's fake. It's a lie. It's misleading. He also took a shot at LiDAR, which is light detection and ranging. Basically using, kind of like, think of uh, radar uses sound. Well, LiDAR uses light. Okay, and basically their argument is you don't need lidar; doesn't work. Doesn't it's not needed for full self-driving. But any analyst worth their salt knows that a combination of cameras, which is what Tesla uses, radar, ultrasonic, lidar sensors—all of these sensors have their pros and their cons. Just think of your camera. Go point your iPhone camera or whatever uh, smartphone camera you have at a subject with the sun in the background. It doesn't look very good, right? Because there's too much light entering the camera. Cameras don't do well with a ton of light. So you need a different type of sensor. They will work in all types of, uh, of conditions, short distances, snowy, dis uh, snowy conditions, uh, rainy conditions, bright conditions. Okay. The fact that they're saying you don't need LIDAR is just complete lie and misstatement. And then he's saying, well, when our software is fully developed, we're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z and do full self-driving. Well, of course, when anyone's software is fully developed, they've been trying to, companies have been doing this for going on a decade now. And people are advancing, our companies are advancing, are getting better at it, but they're not, they haven't solved the problem. And Tesla is nowhere close to solving the problem, even though they like to insinuate that they are. So the fact that anybody at this point, after years and years and really a decade plus of false promises and putting people's lives, I mean, dozens and dozens of people have died because of fires in Teslas, because they were in the back seat and they couldn't get out, uh, or it instantly combusts, or the fact that they're self-driving capabilities are being basically beta tested and it scares me as somebody who is just driving on the road i don't know what some random tesla is going to do to me is it gonna, are they going to ram into me because they're beta testing the software that isn't really fully developed it's really scary that fact that so many people have put faith in this company and in this person who has consistently thrown disregard shown disregard excuse me to his customers, his employees, 
to the public at large and his investors. He cares about himself and no one else. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, 45 Amazon analysts are bullish on the stock. Should that worry investors? That story tomorrow. But now Justin is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Uh, this is Randy from South Florida. Uh, i got to say I love the show. I've recently been following a company called HireCar, ticker symbol H-Y-R-E. Uh, they had an earnings call this past week, and um, they were showing some, some great growth in revenues and uh, overall income. Uh, I will say the EPS did drop a little bit, but it was mostly because expenses were you know, being used in order to create these new revenues. Uh, I was just wondering if I could get your opinion on whether or not this company would be a good buy and whether or not you know, there's a good growth long-term in this, this company as far as an investment standpoint, and also if you see a substantial risk with investing uh, in this company. Thank you, and I, uh, I look forward to hearing this on the next podcast. Well, there's absolutely a substantial risk because this is a very young company. It's a recent IPO, uh, only a $65 million market cap, and last quarter they only did $3 million in sales, and they've lost money every quarter, and analysts are expected them to make $0.08 cents next year, but still lose $0.44 cents this year after losing $1.12 last year. So things are expected to improve. Um, now what they do, this is Hire Car. They offer a car-sharing platform that allows car owners to rent their idle cars to ride-sharing service drivers. So you have a car you don't need, maybe for a week or a day or whatever, you rent it out, I'm assuming, to uh, somebody who's driving for Uber or Lyft. Or, I'm not sure how that exactly works, but that sounds like what it is. Uh, this is a company, revenue, trailing 12 months is about $10 million, so certainly not a whole lot of money, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of revenue. Their cash from operations is negative $6 million on that revenue of $10 million. Negative free cash flow of negative 1.9 million, so a tiny, tiny company. So 100%, it's, abs- it's absolutely a high risk. It's a high risk name, but with the likes of Lyft and Uber, and I don't think those companies are going away. And the fact is, IPO, you could certainly see a continuation of the hype around the sector as a whole. And this is kind of riding that wave, right? Because without Uber and Lyft, higher car wouldn't even be around. So certainly a young company. Uh, technically, it's pulled back nicely from $8 all the way to $4.50, and now we're at about $5.30. So technically, all the moving averages, major long-term moving averages, although you can, there's, the 200-day moving average just started because it's only been around for roughly 200 and something de- trading days. But they're all either flat to positive, which I like technically. So technically, it looks strong, and this is going to be a story stock. As long as the story, the hype of hype higher car uh, continues it's going to go higher or likely to go higher. As soon as that maybe revenue growth slows down, uh, they maybe there's a competitor into the space, maybe Uber and Lyft don't allow these type of cars to be used on their on, on their service, etc. All those factors could go into killing the story. So that's what this is, is a story stock. But the valuation is still relatively low, $50 million. 
even though their revenues are next to nothing, $10 million. So I don't hate it, uh, but you have to understand it's extremely high risk, but with high risk, many times comes high reward. So good luck with that. that was higher car. H-Y-R-E is the symbol. Now let's close up with the average retirement age uh, savings by age. I think this is really interesting. Now, household savings in all retirement accounts have dramatically increased from previous session levels. In 2007, we were at 9,000 for millennials, now at 36,000 on average. Generation X, 32,000 in 2007, now 71,000. Baby boomers, only 75,000 back in 2007. We're now on average of September, as, as of September 2018 of 157,000. Now, the average 20-something has an estimated median amount socked away of only $16,000, which isn't really a shock. Uh, you should have, you should be saving about 10 to 15% of your savings at this time, and you should have about one times your earnings saved by around 25 years old, okay? Now, if you're in your 30-something, in your 30-somethings, say that, the, your median, the median 30-something has saved about $45,000. Now, if you're 30, you should be have already saved about twice your annual salary. If you, I'm sorry. If you're 35, you should save about half, uh, twice your annual salary. If you're 40, you should be about three times your average salary. In your 40s, where is this? It's recommended you have four times your annual annual salary saved by 45 and six times by the age of 50. And by the time you hit 65, you should be about 10 times your average salary. Okay? I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Steve returns tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.